Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is the best of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Breaking news from Fox Sports. All right, this is from Ian Rappaport. Yes, it's actually Ian Rappaport's actual Twitter account. The Cowboys and running back Ezekiel Elliott agreed on a six-year, $90 million extension that makes him the highest-paid running back in the NFL. I'm reading directly from his Twitter. Sources tell me and Slater NFL. Roughly half guaranteed. In all, it's $103 million over eight years. Zeke becomes the first Cowboy to eclipse $100 million in total value the richest running back contract ever. I don't like it. Go ahead and put me down as a skeptic. Of course, the question is, how much of this money is guaranteed? Because that will be the dollar figure that really matters here because so much of this contract, will, all the attention uh, will be going towards how much money is there, and most people will look at the glittering kind of $103 million deal there, but it's eight years. It's an eight-year running back deal. How many years of those de- of the of this dollar figure are actually guaranteed? I would bet there's not much more than about $45 million guaranteed here, which means the remaining $58 million on this contract uh, is is what is at play and what matters in a big way. But again... Breaking news uh, from Ian Rappaport just five minutes ago. He tweeted out that Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott have agreed to an extension. Now that puts Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper on the clock officially if they weren't already. And also, next question will be, will Ezekiel Elliott show up at the Cowboys facility today, sign his contract, and the idea be that he's a full go 
for week one of the season. Presuming, again, it's early Wednesday morning. It is right now in uh, Dallas just after 6 a.m., probably a sign that they worked through the night, I would imagine, to get this deal hammered out if it's breaking at 6 a.m. in Dallas, uh, 7 a.m. on the East Coast, and obviously 4 a.m. on the West Coast. If they hammered this thing out through the night, I would think that Ezekiel Elliott, the goal would probably be to have him show up at the Dallas Cowboy training facility today. So uh, that is the news that is out there. Major breaking news, Ezekiel Elliott, this story officially being wrapped up, has signed a uh, or has agreed to a uh, six-year, $90 million extension that makes him the highest paid running back in the NFL. Uh, All right, we're going to call Dan Wetzel and talk with him about this Yahoo Sports national column, this big breaking news story. We'll have Dan on to get his take. My early read, again, when you really break this down is – How much is guaranteed? Uh, Because that really goes to how you can assess the value of this contract. And the second part of it is I don't think any running back in the NFL today, no matter how good, and Ezekiel Elliott's very good, is worth $15 million a year. I think you look at Todd Gurley. Guy gets injured, gets $14 million. They go out and they hire C.J. Anderson off the street, and he outperformed him in the playoffs. Uh, You look at what happened with James Conner. Le'Veon Bell sits out. James Conner comes in for $500,000 and outplays Le'Veon Bell, I think that Ezekiel Elliott, as good as he's been for the first three years, not worth $15 million a year here. And damn, we don't know the guaranteed money or anything else here, but has there been a lot of interest at Yahoo? Has the, We've talked a lot about the drama of Ezekiel Elliott's contract situation because he's a big name. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Is this a story that you followed very closely or have you just kind of been like, it's going to get worked out, I'm not that interested in it? No, it's been big. And people are into it. First of all, very little happened this um, this training camp. There wasn't a lot of drama. Yeah, um, right. So, kind of was the story. So, yeah, everyone's into it. And then you just have the, you know, look, the, the six-year 90, the, the agent, usually in these stories, the agent floats out the number to a reporter. And the agent wants the biggest possible number um, put out there because it makes them look good. Right. So so that other people go, oh, wow, you know, so-and-so got, got him six years, 90. We'll see. I mean, that, he very well could get 90, but the, the, the you know, the uh, stipulations on that could be like, if you rush for 2,500 yards, <laughs> if you're, you know, your third straight Super Bowl MVP, you get another 100 grand. You know, you don't know what it is. So we'll see what the guarantee is. But I think the other part of it is just how a guy with two years left in his deal, uh, I mean, it's presuming this is favorable, just played the Cowboys. And, and I mean, this is a, a total victory for Ezekiel Elliott. He gets more money right away, and he skipped the training camp, which nobody wants to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, he 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 wins. I mean, how did he? How could he? He had he had at least two years on that deal because they still got to franchise them after that. Uh, unless these numbers are way lower than ninety, and they're going to be lower. Uh, I you know Zeke Elliott just just took the Cowboys to to the cleaners on this. Well, the reports are that, uh, that according to Rappaport, that roughly half of the hundred and three million dollars is guaranteed. 
So what does roughly half mean and what does guaranteed mean? It's the NFL. So you can immediately – so a lot of people are going to run with the, oh, my man got a $100 million story, which is what you said the agents want, right? The agents want that headline of, oh, my God, this contract is unbelievable. And a lot of times that stuff is backloaded. So an eight-year contract for a running back is insane. Right, I mean, for any any NFL player, an eight year contract would be. Is it, is be it eight or six? Eight. I think six it said. Yeah, I let me let me look again. Again, this news is just breaking. Uh, six year extension, but it's a hundred and three million over eight years. So he still had two years left on his contract. So the Cowboys are giving him. You know, he's staying under his contract for the next uh-huh. two years, and then they're adding six more years to the back end of it. So. My bet would be, and again, that this is without having seen the dollar figure, um, that he was—I think he was on track to make like seven million a year or something like that in uh, in compensation for the Cowboys now, maybe nine million next year. My bet is they it was just three gave him, this year. Yeah, okay, three point nine this year. So it was a low number. We'll see if they gave him. But a partly, bonus then. Yeah, yeah, but partly that's because of the way that they attribute the signing bonus. Like he was set to make, I think it was twenty-five million dollars over the first five years of his contract. And by the last year of his deal, he was making like $9 because they could take the option. Right. But my bet is that they're going to give him like, you know, a $25 million uh, salary in year three. Like year three and four will be really big dollar numbers. And then those are the – I think this is a four-year deal, basically. Like he'll serve out the two years remaining on his contract and he'll get two more years and he gets the guaranteed money and probably a lump sum – up front uh, of a signing bonus that'll be defrayed over the next four years. He'll never see the back half of this $50 million, but I agree with you. I think the precedent that Jerry Jones is setting here is not necessarily a good one, and I think other NFL owners would have to look around at this and say, wait a minute, what's going on? I think definitely Melvin Gordon is looking at this and saying, wait, why were the Cowboys willing to play ball with Jerry with, with Jerry Jones with Ezekiel Elliott? And the Chargers have basically told me, hey, uh, we're not doing anything for the rest of the year. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, no. So that does change it. And again, we got to see the whole thing. The news broke three minutes ago. Yeah. Um, but when you got a guy with two years left, and you make some kind of deal, it's it's you know he certainly could have pushed the envelope on him because uh, Elliot had a long time to wait. And obviously, you saw Le'Veon Bell set out a year, and it worked out for him. But that was a little different, you know, different contractually and all of that. Um, so, but I, I I get it from Ezekiel Elliott's point is that he's going to try to get as much money right now because he lead he two of his three years he led the league in in rushing attempts and the other one he led the most per game he was just suspended for six games so he didn't have the total number but they absolutely workhorse him and it's it, you just only have so many so many miles on the tire especially as a I mean, he's a big bruising guy but he takes hits so. If you're a running back, you got to try to get everything you can now. You can't sit there and go, well, I hope I make it 12 years in the league, 14 years in the league. You know, you can be worn out by 28. Um, he entered the league at 21. So, uh, you know, I, you know I, still, I still look at it as I get his point on trying to do this. Um, I'm, you know, and the, for the Cowboys not to make him sit one week, I kind of thought this would happen. And, and let's, I remember writing a column at the beginning like, People were all flipped out that he's sitting in Cabo, and I'm like, why would you? Why wouldn't you sit in Cabo? Like, why report to training camp when you might be able to work a deal, and you can always report later? The Cowboys aren't going to like suspend you or fine you. 
And it's not like Ezekiel is out of shape. I mean, these camps now are kind of a waste of time. It's not like the old days. Um, so I, I, I take this as a, as a win for Ezekiel Elliott, and not, I'm not really sure unless we see these contract terms what the point was for Dallas other than they got pushed around a little bit. Yeah, look, I think that we talked about this on Lock It In, and Cousin Sal on the show with me made a good point. He's like, look, Jerry Jones is 76, 77 years old. I think he sees this as I don't have a ton of years left to win another Super Bowl, and that is kind of his focus in life at this point is – return to kind of the glory of the early 90s and get that validation of winning a Super Bowl. And if he thinks that Dak is his modern-day Troy Aikman and if he thinks that uh, that Zeke is his modern-day Emmett Smith and if he thinks that uh, Amari Cooper is his modern-day Michael Irvin, then obviously he's got uh, another ride with uh, Jason Witten, who is uh, you know a, a fading superstar there, but certainly a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, in the and 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 you know he's kind of the Jay Novacek role for those of people who remember the early '90s Cowboys. Jerry's trying to reclaim the past and he's trying to go get a Super Bowl. And if he has to wildly overpay to do it, the question is going to be, man, is this a risk that the Cowboys took that was a smart strategic risk? Because look, how often have you seen guys hold out and when they come back, if they immediately get back in the shuffle, they get hurt, right? I mean, there. It, it, it is a cliche, but I believe it's true. There's a difference between being in shape and being in football shape. And maybe Zeke's going to come out and be perfectly fine. But imagine if he showed up in, in week one and tore his ACL. Well, then the Cowboys have given Ezekiel Elliott $15 million for this year. He probably won't come back healthy 100% next year. And they're out $30 million, and that's money that they can't spend on anybody else. So – I think this is a big risk for the Cowboys. I don't think there's any running back in the NFL that's worth $15 million a year. Uh, I think negotiating with a guy with two years left on his contract is a mess. I do think, Dan, I'm curious what you think about this. This is something they're going to have to look at uh, in the CBA because they tried to address the fact that draft picks were making way too much money when they came into the league, and I think they may have gone too far in that direction because now if you're, for instance, a running back – you, most guys, don't, don't even get to their second contract if you're a highly drafted running back. Because if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you get five years guaranteed. If, you know, the team has the option to pick up the fifth year on you. By the time you get to contract two, you're on the backside of your career because by the age of 30, every running back's done in the NFL. So I don't blame Ezekiel Elliott for trying to get as much as he can, but I think the structure of his contract is the big problem here. Yeah, the CBA is terrible for running backs. There's, there's just no question for that about that, and and so you know you hear do you do you set a different contractual deal with with a position like then no there there aren't going to be any running backs they're all going to be like sl- slot receivers or you know like yeah. Bill Belichick will just go into the season with no I've never drafted a running back I draft a player right to find running back so I don't know how they do this but I do I, there's got to be something a little more fair for for guys who. Because Elliott is good enough to force this issue, but even a little bit less good, you can't. And and you get you get churned up, and these guys get beaten down. And there's good. I mean, there's plenty of of data. As I agree with you, is any guy worth fifteen million dollars on the running back position? Now he does carry the ball a lot. He is reliable. He does in partnership with. He makes Prescott a lot better because of what he can do um you know so maybe maybe he's worth it maybe not i agree with you also that jerry jones just wants to win the super bowl and i think you know he made uh 
Emmett Smith sit out. Uh, when Emmett's, uh, after a couple of Super Bowls, Emmett Smith wanted a big deal to be paid more than Thurman Thomas back in whatever year that was in the mid nineties. And he made him sit out a couple weeks until they started struggling. Yeah. I don't know that Jerry even wants to risk that because I think Jerry's sitting there saying, we need to win as many games as possible and have home field. Like it, you're like, it's the, like the way the Patriots these days, like I always feel like September is really the preseason for the Patriots. Like, yeah. I mean, they, they were two and two most years. They lost to the Lions last year. They scored like 10 points against the Lions, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, well, you know, and everyone flips out. Oh, the Patriots are finally done. Brady stinks. They're all fighting, and then, you know, boom, Super Bowl. So, but I don't think the Cowboys have that confidence or that margin for error where they're just like, yeah, we don't really care what's going on until later in the season. They, they want to have that home field advantage uh, in the playoffs. And so I, I, this is what they're building to. He's re-signed a lot of guys. He's going to have to sign Prescott. Uh, there's a, there's a lot to do for the Cowboys, and they, they went they 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 let Elliott get something out of this, and it, maybe this just wasn't the time for Jerry Jones to play hardball. He just doesn't have that kind of patience. Yeah, and maybe the answer is Jerry Jones uh, doesn't want to play hardball because of his age. You know, like yeah. I, I, I when you're already won a Super Bowl and whatever Jerry Jones seventy five, seventy six, seventy seven, uh, it feels different probably to him now than it did when Emmett Smith is holding out and Jerry Jones at the time was what, like 50 years old? And he's like, well, what? I mean, I'm Jerry Jones. Like, I own the Cowboys. What's he going to do the, the balance of power? And then the team stunk. And he was like, all right, let's get this deal done. Uh, but uh, this whole story in and of itself was funny because Jerry Jones is like updating us. Every, like, everybody was leaking so much to the media during the course of this negotiation. I'm not sure that we've ever seen anything like this before. Yeah, well, there was also this theory is Jerry and, and they had basically come to terms on a deal early, and Jerry just liked having the Cowboys on uh, everyone talking about the Cowboys. That the is, last that year. would be, now that would be next level. If they had already agreed right. to a deal and he's like, let's just play this up, Zeke, like behind the scenes, let's like, or, uh, yeah. yeah. We could, we could make this deal. You chill out, you relax, you'll be fine, hang out in Cabo. We're going to come to something close. And then we get two months of, of the Cowboy logo on the ESPN every day and, and everybody talking about the Cowboys, 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 and it makes <laughs> that, you more famous, makes us more famous. That would be next to level uh, B- B- Barnum and Bailey, uh, you know, like ringmaster performance by, uh, by Jerry Jones. Jerry's pretty smart. That's kind of a Jerry Jones kind of thing that he would care about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that so, is that is incredible. Every reporter's that favorite owner. He gives a press conference after every game. He yeah. hangs out after the <laughs> I love covering the Cowboys. You don't have to talk to the players. Like a bad loss, and then I was there one time. He goes, "Ah, if, if I wasn't the GM, I'd fire myself. Yeah. I'm not doing a good job." You know, <laughs> great stuff. So, well, it's also amazing. Is like I, I said this the other day. I think Jerry Jones talks to the media more than the other 31 NFL owners do combined. Like on the record, it's probably true. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of back-channel conversations a lot of times between NFL owners and media and everything else. You know how that stuff works. But in terms of, like – Not a lot. Yeah, but there's some. Yeah, yeah. Arthur Blaine is a few guys, but not many. Yeah, you're not getting, like, Martha Firestone Ford's uh, cell to to text her. Yeah, and certainly they're not having press conferences (laughs) on a regular basis to – After every game, win or lose. Yeah. Like, the worst loss. Like, yeah, Robert Kraft is in the locker room after the AFC Championship game. Hey, Mr. Kraft, what do you think? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're all there then. But after the worst loss you've ever seen, he'll be there fuming just like a fan. And, you know, it's like, hey, that's it's the way the Cowboys do it. That's the way they always have. And guess what? 
I, I, maybe the Patriots are more popular now. Maybe. But that's only because they've won, whatever, six Super Bowls <laughs> since the Cowboys have won one. Cowboys are still probably the most popular team in the NFL. And so maybe they did do this. Who knows? It's good. It's a good con, uh, conspiracy theory. Remember he was, like, joking with them and then, yeah, the media was like, "You can't joke with them," and he's like, "Relax, I can." I've earned the them. right to do it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it seems it's like a, it was pretty, pretty good deal. I mean, Zeke flew back this week. I'm going with it. Let's go with the conspiracy. I, even, even the decision to go to Cabo was funny and ridiculous and designed to get more attention, right? Like, he why why did he go to Cabo? Like, he could have been in anywhere in Texas, right? First of all, I mean, maybe it's just that he's too famous. But of all the places you could be, Cabo. Isn't that where um, Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson went during yeah, the and, bye week and, of the playoffs? Yeah, Jason Witten. They flew down to Cabo for the bye yeah. week. <laughs> famous. And then famous they got caught in the telephoto, telephoto lenses on the photos there, which was, I mean, just a perfect cowboy story. And then, of course, they lost. <laughs> but if you could spend the weekend with Jessica Simpson in Cabo or that even was, win an NFL playoff that was game. Pete that was Jessica like a moral debate. Yeah, that yeah. was peak Jessica Simpson, too, oh, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, that like right a, after the Dukes of Hazard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of guys who are like, eh, a lot of people win. Well, you know, and then it got taken. When when playoff games, not you know, you don't get to, you know, so got to make your life decisions. Tony Romo's living a good life. I, I think he's. Does all right. Well, what's funny also is, in retrospect, going to Cabo on a bye week seems so much less than, you know, like the boat trip that Odell Beckham Jr. and those guys took. <laughs> Remember where they're, like, in right. uh, jeans you know, sitting on the, the yacht, like, and then they go lose in, I think it was Green Bay. I mean, yeah. it was their, their day off during the, the playoff week. Distracted. They were distracted. That was the big thing. They're like, no, we just were chilled out. We got some actual, got some rest. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Look, the media, we, we're vultures. We can turn anything into a big deal. That is pretty crazy. All right, well, I'll let you go write about Ezekiel Elliott, which I'm sure you're going to turn around and end up doing here uh, shortly. But uh, this is a great story. Thanks for coming on. And uh, what I was initially going to ask you about was uh, – well, let me ask you this question as you as you leave. Sure. Gronk has got – I know you've covered Gronk and the Patriots a lot. Do you think Gronk is done? I do not think Gronk is done. Do you think he'll come back this I, year? I think there's a there's – a, I, I, I still think it's 50-50 – that he's back after Thanksgiving. I've said that from the start. I'm sticking with it. Uh, but there was a bit on Adam Schefter's podcast where he says, what happens if Brady calls you and says, come on, man, come back. It's December. You're rested. Four weeks, playoffs, three games. Let's do this. And he just laughed and made a joke of it and all that. And I, I think, it, look, Gronk clearly has some taking care of his mental health, which is great. We should all, considering how many sad stories we hear about ex-football players, right? I'm glad he's doing that. But if he gets in a good place and physically he's feeling good, I think he comes back. Uh, outstanding stuff as always, Dan Wetzel. You can read him at Yahoo Sports at Dan Wetzel on Twitter. Appreciate you hopping on with us right here with the breaking news. All right, anytime, man. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
old wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Big breaking news, Ezekiel Elliott agrees to an extension with the Dallas Cowboys, expected to show up at the facility today. 
Good timing. We bring in now Brian Billick, NFL Network analyst, as well as Super Bowl champ with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, when you hear these terms, is any running back worth $15 million a year in your mind in the NFL these days? Wow, anymore when you talk about the numbers, whether it's a quarterback or a running back, you're talking 15, 20, 25 million, 110 guaranteed, I think, in the Jared Goff contract. No, it's, it's hard to fathom. But that is life in the National Football League right now. I mean, and these are the numbers. So, yeah, if you're going to pay a back that, certainly Ezekiel Elliott is the back you're going to pay. This is a 300-plus carry guy. He's a huge part of the offense. Uh, and, and you knew it was going to be large because this is – this is his big payday. You know, a running back, it's that second contract. Very rarely do you get the third contract as you approach 30 and go beyond. Those numbers aren't particularly good. So you knew it was going to be a big number. Uh, and Dallas, you kind of got the sense that Dallas uh, was going to piece this thing together because of what he represented to the Cowboys. Were you ever involved as a head coach in any negotiation that extended like this one did and went on this long, or did you kind of take a seat back? Like, how were you involved initially as a head coach and later uh, in your career in terms of trying to assess value for players? Well, as a coach, because you've got to deal with the player when it's all said and done. And so you kind of keep – you try to stay arm's length from it. Yeah. And I made the mistake on a couple instances of not – uh, and, and then that puts you in a tough position with the player, even though ultimately, yes, you are involved with it, and, and you're a part of the decision process by the administration and the organization to say, okay, are we going to put this percentage of our cap, in, this amount of resources into this individual player? Because it's really a matter, not a matter of the dollars, because at the end of the day, it's not my money. So, yeah, give them the $15 million. But when you sit down as a coach – and you have to reason and, and understand, okay, if we do this, then this is going to cost you player A, B, and C. Well, now you're putting it in very real terms because now that's, that snaps on the field. That, that's going to affect the wins and losses of a given year. And so you're constantly balancing the equation as a coach, not from the money standpoint, but, okay, is, is player A worth players B, C, and D uh, because of the amount of cap space that you have then to address the next next player, uh, and not the least of which now when you're – and that, this is the non-quarterback position. The tough one is for a team that gets kind of a freebie on a young quarterback. The Rams have been on a nice little roll for a couple of years because they haven't had to pay the quarterback. Well, now they do, and that's going to affect – how they then can pay the other players. So, yeah, it's a part of the equation, but it's always a matter of, well, who's this going to cost me? We're talking to Brian Billick. I want to go into that in particular because I think it's fascinating, and I don't know necessarily that that many fans have really realized how much of a sea change it is in the way that we value draft picks. The last draft pick to get a massive contract, I believe I'm correct in this, number one pick, uh, number one overall, was Sam Bradford. Then the new NFL collective bargaining agreement goes into place. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Kyler Murray is going to make around $9 million, $10 million-ish guaranteed each of the next four years, which is wildly under market if he turns out, as you said, to be a good quarterback. Then you get him under these rookie contracts like Russell Wilson happened with the Seattle Seahawks. Like, honestly, Dak has been for the Dallas Cowboys, allowing you to bend or build around elsewhere. That was a response to the idea that the Sam Bradford-ish contracts were way too high. What's the right number here as you look towards the next CBA 
Did they go too far in making rookie contracts not as valuable? How do you think you should assess that going forward if you were just looking at it from an NFL perspective? Well, no, I, I think, and, and the, the, the original premise, I think it was a sound one, was basically that, okay, we're going to make sure we get as much of this money going to the veterans as yes. we can to give an untested rookie, as we've talked about, this, these wild amounts of money that we did before. Um, but all it really is doing is delaying the process, as we just talked about now, whether it's four or five years down the line, and you have to account for that, that, okay, you're going to get kind of a, I don't want to say a freebie when you're paying a guy $9, $10 million a year, but you're going to kind of get a freebie over the first initial parts of this when you draft high, particularly when you take a quarterback, because you've got to know that next contract's looming. And that's going to affect your ability to sign, particularly when you're talking about a quarterback. And we're getting more and more towards like the NBA, I guess, with these quarterback contracts, because it's not just the amount of money, but it's the amount of money that's guaranteed. Uh, and that's the one that really hits you as an organization um, from the standpoint of how far you can amortize this out and your ability to sign other players. You were a guy who really had good relationships with offenses, even though you had maybe the best defense of all time when you won a Super Bowl. But a big part of the offensive uh, change in the NFL has been the decline of the running back. Sometimes things are cyclical, though, in the NFL. Do you think we are in a period of time where the running back continues to diminish, or could it cycle back up where the run game becomes popular again? In essence, has the passing game so overtaken the running game that it never changes again in the NFL? Well, the rules obviously have pushed us towards a more pass-happy league, which I think everybody wants. If you're 60-40, 60% pass, 40% run, you're kind of a, viewed as a 50-50 you know, running passing team, which obviously isn't the case. We're going more and more towards smaller defenses. The amount of nickel, uh, I was doing the Ravens preseason game, and Wink Martindale said they were in base defense less than about uh, 15 16% of the time. So defenses are getting smaller. So it would lend itself to the fact that, yeah, if you want to get big and pound a running back at these smaller defenses, it would make sense. I think the devaluing, and it's not the devaluing of the talent. There are some great running backs that have come into the league, and we just see the way we're paying Ezekiel Elliott. I think it's the fact that you can get running backs in later, later draft picks, or you can combine, and it's running back by committee that makes a difference. So I don't think it's a devaluing. It's just shifting the priorities at the running back position due to the number of players that you can throw at that position. And we're looking at running backs that, uh, you know, whether it be a Todd Gurley or a Melvin Gordon, what they do out of the backfield is a bigger and bigger component as well in terms of passing game. I know the Ezekiel Elliott contract details just came down, so you're probably following this story like a lot of us. Reports are that he's getting $50 million guaranteed uh, it's an eight-year, $103 million extension. A lot of times that these numbers are for agents to be able to bandy about on the back end of the deal and brag about, even if they never get touched. Uh, the, the key part, like you said, is the guaranteed money. Jared Goff getting over $100 million guaranteed. Which do you think is the better deal in like sort of the immediate aftermath? The Cowboys getting Zeke in or the, uh, or the Rams getting Jared Goff done? Well, this goes back to our previous conversation, the importance of the quarterback versus the running back, taking nothing away from the running back. Have your quarterback position set now for the Rams for the next foreseeable future. And you're right, the guaranteed money, when you look at the guaranteed money of the quarterback versus the – it's half, right? We, yep. If indeed those numbers you just laid out were true, that the guaranteed money is half of the quarterback. Well, that answers your question, right? Follow the money. 
uh, and if it's a $50 million contract, and the fact of the matter is, Ezekiel Elliott and his agent can jump up and high-five and throw their hands over the head and say, we win, we won, look what a great contract, and you know what's going to happen. Two, maybe three years down the line, well, we were going to renegotiate. Yeah. We, want a, we, want a, we want another contract because we've gobbled up the plus side of that. I remember Ozzie Newsom when we negotiate contracts, would always tell the players that, that if you're talking about a four- or five-year contract, that, okay, the first couple of years are your win. You win. You get the big money. But the last couple of years, that's for the organization because now that number comes back to where that gives us a cap-manageable number later on. Uh, but then the player gets up. They kind of forget that conversation. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got my win early. And, yeah, I understand that in year four and five or year three and four, the numbers aren't going to be good until you get to year three and four. It's going, oh, hey, I'm underpaid. I need a new contract. It's like the conversation I have with my uh, kids when I tell them, all right, if you get lunch now, I mean, if you get dessert now for lunch, you don't get it for dinner. It's a great deal for them at lunch. But when it's dinner time and they don't get double dessert, they're asking me what in the world's going on. Who are, uh, yeah. who are you here with us, uh, Coach? Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm working with Roman this year, and a lot of people are becoming familiar with Roman as a service. You know, my, my generation of guys, the post-40, I'm in my mid-60s, and all the things that go with when you become this age and, and physically the things that you're going through. And, and to have a service like Roman, it basically is a concierge doctor. You know, men my age, less than 50% of the time, they go to the doctor over a two-year period of time. Uh, and even though you should, because there's obviously a number of things going on, uh, and, and you need that access. And Roman can give you that access. It's like a concierge doctor that if you can go to, they can point you in the right directions. They're licensed. They're FDA approved. Uh, this is a real resource for men that they ought to be able to take advantage of. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm 65 years old. For years, I was in the NFL, could walk down the door and see high, you know, the best trainers and doctors in, in the land. I don't have that now. So to be able to have this access through Roman and through the website, um, it's, it's a tremendous asset. And guys in our generation and my age definitely ought to check this out. Appreciate that. That's Brian Billick, uh, Super Bowl winning coach of the Baltimore Ravens and NFL Network analyst. Great stuff as always. Appreciate you making the time. Sounds great. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We haven't talked about this this week, but I, I kind of uh, highlighted it because I thought it was such a ridiculous story and because we have talked about it a little bit uh, on this show. LeBron James obsessed with Taco Tuesday. Did you guys see over the weekend that he has attempted to trademark Taco Tuesday? Smart. No, this is uh, another example <laughs> of LeBron James being so dumb it makes my head hurt. Um, Taco Tuesday has actually been trademarked for almost – 30 years since 1989 when whoever had the first idea to do a promotion predicated whatever Mexican restaurant I think it was I think it was Taco John's uh which is uh which is in many different markets people are listening to us right now but they had the idea whoever did the marketing genius hey let's do a Taco Tuesday and uh I I legitimately wonder at this point because remember LeBron James also tried to uh to trademark talking about sports in a barbershop which was, I mean, I mean, so dumb. And look, there are other people who've done dumb things. Uh, I think a lot of times you try to trademark something just to get the attention of the trademark. So, for instance, Ohio State recently tried to trademark the, uh, the as in the Ohio State University, and they got ridiculed for that. How did they spell it? With two E's? Uh, no, just the normal <laughs> the. Yeah, they tried to capital. They tried to trademark the most common word in the English language. 
uh, which is a uh, which is a big swing and a miss. But if they, they only have, use one e, how do they know people will even say it the right way? The Ohio State yeah. University. Yeah, I, it's a good question. I mean, you might have. You're interesting. Like they, 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 the point is interesting. If you had an extra e, there would be a much better chance of getting a trademark because it's not used in traditional, you know, commerce and usage. But LeBron got shot down on the stupid idea of trying to uh, argue. I guess he's threatened to sue Alabama. Was the story because Alabama did a show where they sat in a barber shop and talked about sports, and LeBron was like, "Whoa, wait, wait, I'm the guy who gets to have the show where people sit in a barber shop and talk about sports." And everyone in America was like, "Wait a minute." We talk about sports everywhere, including barbershops, LeBron. You're an idiot. And now I, I, I tweeted, I was like, is LeBron this dumb or his lawyers this dumb? I think the answer is clearly that LeBron is willing to pay his lawyers. Lawyers do anything if you pay him $1,200 an hour. Within the bounds of being a legal – I'm a lawyer, right? If you're willing to pay me $1,200 an hour to do something, as long as it's within the, within the bounds of legal ethics – there's almost every lawyer in the world would jump at that opportunity. So even if your client is dumb, you'll do what the client asks if he's paying you $1,200 an hour. And there's a funny line that lawyers have, the practice of law would be great except for the client. So a lot of times you can tell your client, hey, you have a 0% chance of actually being able to win here. We think this is a bad idea. And the client will say, I don't care. You know, I want to do it anyway. And honestly, the richer the client is, the more likely that's to be the client's response because he's not looking at the the, the nickels and dimes and, 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 and all the money that's coming out based on his decision. But this is just, I mean, the height of stupidity. Does anybody want to try to defend LeBron James on trying to trademark uh, Taco Tuesday? When Did everyone roll their eyes when they hey. saw this story? I rolled my eyes yeah. because I knew you would talk about it. Look, look, look I love you, LeBron, but... Taco Tuesday belongs to Southern California. I think we all know this. It also comes back again to LeBron doing the Mexican accent. Like, remember we talked about this? Imagine if, like, I think it's always interesting because, I don't, first of all, I don't buy into this, right? There is a group of people out there that believes that you can take something that belongs to one group and steal it from them, right? Like, there's a group obsessed with cultural appropriation out there. And if you're not familiar with the concept of cultural appropriation, it would be like, my culture made this, therefore you aren't allowed to use it and appropriate it as your own. And to me, that is just like the exact opposite of everything that America stands for because the entire purpose of global civilization, certainly Western civilization, is to take what is successful and spread it to more places. For instance, democracy was created by old white guys in Greece and Rome. And then in America, we took the lessons that Greece and Rome had created around democracies and forming republics, and we put it to work here. Capitalism, the internet, coffee, things that are popular regardless of where they are created eventually spread everywhere because they are assimilated as good things for our culture. Coffee started in Ethiopia. It's crazy that you would be like, oh, we created coffee, therefore you can't use it. The entire purpose of creating something is for everybody to use it. But it's interesting to me that LeBron James can try to take something that is connected with Hispanic people, White Taco Tuesday. Imagine if, and and Jason Whitlock tweeted this out, imagine if a white guy, a white athlete tried to trademark Soul Food Saturday. Like, people would lose their minds if a white guy decided, you know what, I'm going to file a trademark for Soul Food Saturdays. 
I'm going to make soul food a thing. People will be like, what are you, like, this food's kind of existed for a long time, and this white dude's going to parachute in and try to make soul food Saturday his own? It's interesting to me how the rules don't apply evenly across the board. And by the way, you know who did a good job of explaining all this? Dave Chappelle and his special. Has everybody watched the Dave Chappelle Netflix special now? Yeah, that was an A+. Did you see the critics hate it? I saw you tweet that out. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, has there, are you and I the only two who've watched it? Dub, have you watched it yet? I have watched it, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Eddie Garcia, have you watched it? I have not, but plan too soon. What about you, Roberto? No, I haven't watched it yet. All right, so three of us have, and, and the three of us that have watched it think it's really funny. And the, the goal, basically, to me, if you want to really kind of sum it up with what Chappelle uh, is attempting to do, is kind of take back comedy from the perpetually offended. So I much- like it already. Yeah, right. You're going to like it, Eddie. I'm offended. But so much of the first 15 or 20 minutes is built around that thesis of what's the most ridiculous joke that I can begin with and that I can tell that almost no one else will go and embrace. And it involves, well, embrace is probably the wrong word. It involves Michael Jackson. And it is uh, it is so well done. Uh, he gets into the just Jesse Ju- Ju- Smollett. Nice. Uh, uh, you mean Juicy Smollett? Yeah, Ju- Juicy Smollett. But <laughs> that's what he calls it is, them. There is a there is a large discussion about how these rules of the perpetually offended don't apply evenly, and how it doesn't really make sense in our culture today. It's a fantastic watch. Uh, if you like this show in any way, you probably would like that as well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Big news if you're just waking up on the West Coast. Appreciate you hanging out with us here on Outkick. Ezekiel Elliott has agreed to a contract. He is supposedly going to be at the Dallas Cowboy facility today, and the plan is that he will play in week one. What are the contract terms? According to Ian Rappaport, who was the first person I saw have it, uh, it is an eight-year, $103 million contract for Ezekiel Elliott. Now, There are a lot of things that we need to unpack in this deal that are important that are often overlooked in exchange for the big headline. The big headline, which you will see everywhere from a lot of people who are not very smart, and because there's a lot of people in the world of sports media who are not very smart, is the eight-year, $103 million contract, including a uh, six-year, $90 million extension. All right, which would make uh, Ezekiel Elliott the highest paid running back and the highest paid running back ever based on those dollar figures. But what matters is not the entirety of the contract because in the NFL, unlike the NBA and unlike in Major League Baseball, the contract terms are not guaranteed for the life of the deal. So really, 
unlike, say, when Bryce Harper signs his big deal with the Philadelphia Phillies and whatever that dollar figure is, you know he's going to get every dollar. And unlike when LeBron James or Kevin Durant or whoever they are sign big deals in the NBA, you know they're going to get every dollar remaining on their contract because their contracts are guaranteed. Immediately, you knock $53 million off of Ezekiel Elliott's contract because it isn't guaranteed. Teams are happy to stack extra years onto deals so that players and agents can look like they're making a lot more money than they are. But Ezekiel Elliott signed an eight or will sign an eight-year extension for $103 million. What matters is the guaranteed money, and there's only uh, only right now, it appears, $50 million guaranteed. All right? So really, knock off immediately the $53 million. The years on the back end of this deal will never happen. It doesn't matter. The focal point here is the $50 million guaranteed. Now, I'm looking at Sport Track, which does a pretty good job of keeping track of everybody's salaries. And according to the cap hit, and that's what I like to look at too, as opposed to where the money is and everything else, Ezekiel Elliott is scheduled in the next two years to make right at $17 million. Okay. So the Cowboys were already obligated to pay Ezekiel Elliott $17 million over the next two years. That means that if they were able to get the next two years of that contract done at $33 million, they would get effectively Ezekiel Elliott for four years, $50 million, an average of 12 and a half a year over the life of that four years. Now, if it's a five-year deal, then it's an average of just $10 million a year. So again, a lot of people are going to say, oh, he got more guaranteed, he got more money than Todd Gurley. Not necessarily the case. He got $50 million guaranteed here. Todd Gurley got $45 million guaranteed. So he got more guaranteed money, but he may not necessarily, depending on how many years his deal is, end up with a ton more money again a lot of people are going to focus on that eight-year 103 million what you need to focus on if you are smart is the 50 million dollars guaranteed and before all is said and done Ezekiel Elliott might be if this is a four-year deal only averaging 12 and a half million dollars a year uh, over the guaranteed portion of his contract he might even be averaging if it's a five-year deal only 10 uh, 10 million a year because remember, he was already under contract for two years remaining, and they've added six more, but a lot of those dollars will be at the very end of the deal that don't actually end up ever going into Ezekiel Elliott's pocket. So this can be both a contract that gets a lot of attention and makes people think that Ezekiel Elliott, quote, won, and simultaneously the Dallas Cowboys may be laughing as they walk to cash these checks and send them to Ezekiel Elliott, Because they might be like, dude, we got a young uh, running back. He's locked in for four years. That's our only only, uh, dollar figure here. Now, what is significant for Ezekiel Elliott is, and we used to talk about this all the time when I would work on contracts as a a lawyer. Uh, For those of you out there who've forgotten, I've got my lawyer hat on now uh, because I'm still a licensed attorney and I still practice law. A big part of any deal is who bears the risk of loss. And if you're not aware of what risk of loss is, 
It's let's say you own a home, and that home gets completely wiped out by a storm, you know, a flood, it burns down, whatever it is. Who has the risk of loss on that home? Well, if you have health insurance, I mean, if you have uh, home insurance, and it's home insurance that's being paid in a uh, good manner by a company in good standing, then the risk of loss is with the home insurance company. And that's the reason why we pay home insurance, right? We're like, okay, I love my house. I love living here. But what if the worst thing possible happens? What if it gets struck by lightning while we're out to dinner and the entire structure burns down? Oh, my God, my only physical asset is my home. I've got several hundred thousand dollars in value in my home. And boom, it just burned down overnight. And now all I have is this physical location where my house used to be. That's why people buy insurance. The risk of loss on Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, as soon as this contract is signed, passes from Zeke because if he gets injured, he doesn't have that much guaranteed money, to now the Dallas Cowboys. So that is the biggest win for Ezekiel Elliott. It's that he gets this guaranteed dollar, and if he goes out and he tears his ACL in week one playing against the Giants, the Cowboys are still on the hook for $50 million dollars even if it takes Ezekiel Elliott a long time to rehab, and even if he's never the same player he was before. So that's the risk that the Cowboys have taken. But from a pure dollar perspective, I don't think it's that bad of a deal at all. Let me bring in my guy Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone. Uh, Withrow, what were your thoughts as this Ezekiel Elliott news broke? Well, it's good news for the Cowboys. I mean, he is such an integral part of their offense. They they had to get it done. And I think you just summed it up well, Clay, with with the insurance analogy on it. Um Look, I I just believe in today's NFL, it's foolish to pay this much money for a running back. But, and we've talked about this before, there are maybe two or three guys in the league that's worth it. Todd Gurley, who he just surpassed, uh, would pay. Uh, and, and Zeke Elliott are, are two of those guys. So overall, I mean, I think it's good for the Cowboys that he's there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, look, I, I still feel like it's a position where you can cycle through guys pretty well. We had our big show fantasy football draft last night, and it's a 14-player league. And when you get your first running back and you start to cycle through the next round of running backs, you see guys that are probably going to put up a lot of fantasy football points and put up a lot of touchdowns and yards that aren't household names on teams right now. I just think it's a, it's a very interchangeable position at most spots. But again, probably not so much for the Cowboys because Zeke Elliott is such a big part of everything that they do. Well, also, it's important to remember that he still had two years left on his deal. So the Cowboys, according to cap purposes uh, for his salary, still had to pay him $17 million. Now, again, somebody out there who's like a capologist is going to be like, actually, they had already paid him out in two thousand. Okay, right. I care about what do you count against the cap, right? So they were on the track for uh, $17 million already. And again, we'll find out exactly what the terms are. I'm assuming this is going to be a four-year deal uh, where the $50 million is guaranteed over four years. If it's three years and they guaranteed him $50 million, that seems crazy to me uh, because then he's wildly overpaid. But at four years, it would be twelve five a year. That doesn't seem like a ludicrous dollar figure. Again, a lot of people are going to focus on the $53 million uh, that is not guaranteed in this contract. But the only thing that matters is guaranteed money. Well, and I'm sure they've backloaded it. You, yeah. know, you, you probably need the capologist on to look at that also. But the way it is, two years left on, and now it's the up to six-year extension. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that money 
is going to be on the back end of that in case something happens to him. But, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I think money-wise, you know, it's, it's probably right. It's just anytime you get into this dollar figure for a running back, I think it's, a, it's an iffy proposition in today's modern NFL. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting when we talk about these big contracts when, and I was just using this as an example, when Bryce Harper signs with the Philadelphia Phillies, every dollar that he signs for is guaranteed over the life of his deal, right? I mean, he may well yeah. – now he may get traded or he might have to play for a different team. I mean, there are a variety of different things that could happen, but he's going to get all of his money. When Kevin Durant signs with the Brooklyn Nets, every dollar that he signs for, whether he ever comes back from that uh, Achilles injury, is guaranteed, right? Like, we know that he is going to get – all of his money. Same thing in the NHL. Uh, I think to a large extent, all of those contracts are guaranteed. NFL, there's a lot of artificial padding on these contracts because the teams will give you tons of dollars on the back end of these deals because they know they're never going to get to it. That's particularly the case with a running back. Yeah, I mean, that that number, you know, the dollar figure they show you, obviously, is very artificial because most of the time you're not going to see the back end of that contract in the NFL. And it is funny, too, to me. You know, we, I think sports fans love the non-guaranteed contract in the yeah. NFL. And it's the nature of the sport because of the injuries. But, you know, Bryce Harper makes that money, for instance. I mean, if you're a Phillies fan, you're thrilled to get Bryce Harper, right? Do a lot of Phillies fans say, well, that's guaranteed money, so he's just going to dog it now that he's making that much money. And, and he, you know, there's no, there's no insurance that he's going to play well over the life of that contract or he's going to give it his all every day or whatever it may be. I mean, the Phillies are a team that have been questioned how hard they play uh, from day to day, game to game. It's, it's just fascinating to me the dynamic of each sport and how fans treat it based on guaranteed money. And, look, I think it's a necessity in the NFL because of, because of the injuries that you have these contracts set up this way where you get a certain amount of guaranteed money and a signing bonus. And then the rest isn't guaranteed. But also, it fascinates me that fans don't really treat the other sports that way and oftentimes question, oh, this guy's going to make this money and then he's going to quit or he's not going to rehab properly if he gets hurt or whatever it may be. Yeah, the thing I think, and again, they're going to renegotiate in the collective bargaining agreement and there's always talk about guaranteed monies. I almost think that in the NFL they should say, hey, you can't sign a contract for more than three or four years. Because effectively, all these deals are three or four years because the horizon, maybe with the possible exception of quarterbacks where you feel better about long-range uh, success, but even at quarterback, I mean, look at what happened with the Washington Redskins with Alex Smith getting the injury that he did to his leg. I mean, all that money is guaranteed for years and years and years. If I were advising them for the next CBA, what I would say is get more guaranteed money but also give teams an out when catastrophic injuries occur, right? Like it seems unfair to me, and you may agree or disagree with this, but let's say that Ezekiel Elliott goes out and he has an Alex Smith-like injury uh, in the second game after he signs this $50 million deal. I think the team should be able to get a player or two that they sign to long-term deals where that money can come outside of the cap, right? Like to me, it seems fair uh, for a catastrophic injury, if a doctor agrees and everybody looks at it and they're like, okay, Alex Smith has a catastrophic injury, that the Washington Redskins are hamstrung under the salary cap because this guy got a catastrophic injury and they guaranteed him money, right? That's why the teams don't want to guarantee the money because it's not just that they don't want to give the players the money. It's that if you give Alex Smith $20 million plus a year and then he gets this catastrophic injury, 
you're locked in on those dollars and your team is suffering as a result and that doesn't really seem like a desired outcome for everybody yeah I mean that's an interesting point Clay and I I kind of like it but also what's to stop teams from being more reckless with guaranteed money to lure well, I think in you'd have, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I think you would have to limit the number of guys that you could have this happen for, yeah. and you might have to have an independent medical board to actually look at it and say, oh, you know what, like you're actually injured. It, it reminds me a little bit like there were guys, and it still happens I think sometimes in college football, they would bring in a guy and they would say, oh, he can't continue, he's injured out, so his scholarship is going to come back into the pool, uh, but he's going to stop playing football, but he'll finish playing, he'll finish his career at insert school here, right? And that was becoming common because if he stayed on scholarship, like it was harder to kick him off, but if he was medically uh, like kind of out out of the sport, then you get that scholarship freed back up. So I think you have to make sure that somebody's not taking advantage of it. But I think in a case of, for instance, Alex Smith, when he's, you know, when it's clear that he's having multiple surgeries, when he, when you go look at his leg and be like, okay, the Redskins aren't faking this, um, it, it doesn't happen all the time. But I think it would be something that if I were representing the players and also the owners, that's maybe an angle. Because what it does is it diminishes the overall quality of the game when the Redskins, for instance, can't afford to spend the money they have on Alex Smith uh, because of that. And the team wouldn't have to do it, right? If you're, if you're constrained from, uh, from salary cap purposes and you can only afford to pay whatever the salary cap is, but I think it would, be, uh, it would be a good situation. And also the teams could insure for it because you can take out catastrophic injury insurance for purposes of uh, injuries such as these. Well, and I, maybe the idea, like you said, Clay, of just like you franchise a player and you can only do that with a certain amount. What yeah. if you had a medical exemption player? Yeah, like you designate, like you designate a player that has the every the year you could have one one guy, right? You know, at you most can, you can sign one big free agent or bring in a guy and say you're going to be our medical exemption, so we'll get that money back on the salary cap if you're hurt. Um, I like it. All right, yeah, I, I, that's something that I would look at that I think could go a long way towards helping to guarantee salaries but also limiting risk for both owners, uh, teams, and players. All right, uh, so uh, you uh, have had several days to deal with the calamity that befell uh, the University of Tennessee and their loss to Georgia State. Now that we are three days away from kickoff against BYU, is this the worst Tennessee football loss of all time? And how would you contextualize it, say, compared to a Michigan and App State game? Well, I think everything now is just bigger, you know, because because of social media, because of all the media that's out there. So, yes, it is the worst Tennessee football loss of all time. I don't want to say worse because I think Peyton Manning going to Memphis in 96 yeah. and losing with a team that could win the national title and losing to that bad Memphis team is worse um, and more devastating. But the fact it happened in the first week and Tennessee just really didn't look that enthused to play is very strange and raises a lot of questions about Jeremy Pruitt and that staff. Um, and it's just kind of a, you know, a bit of a season killer before the season even starts. And because it's covered the way it is, you become this national laughing stock. I think it's worse from that respect. But it's not, I mean, it's not Michigan and, uh, and App State. Michigan was a top 10 team. App State was not a Division One program at the time. Uh, we've seen FCS programs every year knock off Power 5 schools, right, or Division One schools. Typically it happens multiple times in a year. You know, Minnesota almost lost to an FCS school in South Dakota State. 
it does happen. It's just the way in which it happened, Clay, and the fact that Sean Elliott, Georgia State's coach, basically said after the game, I mean, we knew we were going to come in here and win. We watched on film, and we felt like we could control the line of scrimmage. That is a damning statement on the current status of Tennessee football. And we knew they were going to be probably mediocre at best this year or a little bit above. But to hear that from an opposing coach of Georgia State, who was 2-10 and 10 last year in the Sun Belt, that is not a good spot to be in. I'm shocked, by the way, Tennessee's favored and opened up as a favorite over BYU. Absolutely shocked. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, from a gambling perspective, and this is why I think everything is a probability-related exercise, typically uh, gambling markets don't overreact to one game. Uh, and I always try to talk about this when you're trying to put things into perspective. Every game, let's pretend that Tennessee and Georgia State played 6,000 hours of football instead of 60 minutes of football. What Vegas is saying when they set the line is the probability is that Tennessee is, whatever it is, a 25 or 26-point favorite. But in the course of that 6,000 hours of games, if you went in and took out any individual 60 minutes, you could sometimes get an aberrant result, which could be 34 points different than our projected outcome. So Vegas thinks about this as almost like a game that never ends, and we just happened to pull out the 60 minutes where Georgia State pulled off the upset. But what they're saying is the overall quality of Tennessee's team is not that different, and we think this time when the 60 minutes gets pulled out of the potential 6,000 that Tennessee could play against BYU, that Tennessee in Neyland Stadium is about a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the average 60-minute segment that would be pulled out of the sort of carousel of games. And I think if you think of it in that way, it makes more sense. And football is unique. Uh, People kind of get it, I think, when we talk about like a seven-game series in Major League Baseball or in uh, the NBA, because any one of those games can be wildly different. A team that loses in five games can also win by 40 points in an NBA Finals game, right? Like they could lose the series. And so I think people tend to think that whatever happens in college football, to a lesser extent NFL because you have multiple division games, but in college football it's like, oh, whatever happened this 160 minutes would happen again and again and again. Well, it's not necessarily the case at all. Now, let me say this too. We're talking about the Tennessee-Georgia State thing. I think from the perspective of fan who loses – Uh, whose team loses a big game or loses a game as an upset fashion. I was more upset and remain far more upset about, for instance, Tennessee losing the Sweet 16 game against Purdue because that was a team that was capable of winning a championship. So that was difficult for me to sleep after that night. Like I was broken down right like the way that Purdue won that game in overtime in the NCAA well, tournament proven by the next game Purdue loses in overtime right to the eventual national champion Virginia Tennessee would have had a great shot to beat Virginia also just like Purdue does and it would have had a good chance of winning a national championship right. once you make it to the elite eight you know one of the eight teams is going to win and so they were that close to being within you know a, a whisker of winning a title and I get more crushed when my team is good and they lose a chance to win a championship than I do when my team is mediocre and they and some people like don't believe this they're like oh there's no way this no like trust me like my psychology on Tennessee after losing to Georgia State is like it sucks but it's not like 
I, I don't root for a team because I'm like, oh, they went seven and five this year instead of six and six. Seven and five and six and six in my mind are almost identical records, right? You're mediocre and the season's not that much fun to watch. Whereas if you're competing for a championship and you lose, that's when I think it's devastating. Yeah. Well, and one thing I'll say about the Tennessee loss also, it's like I said with Peyton Manning in 96 losing at Memphis. That was much more heartbreaking and crushing because that was a legitimately great team. And they went to Memphis and lost. And the thing about Tennessee-Georgia State is, my God, it's the first game. So it kind of, if you're a Tennessee fan, it ruins your college football weekend losing a game like that. But then also you look at it a few days later and you can say, my God, it's the first game, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're favored against BYU. Uh, there's still a lot of games to play. South Carolina loses their quarterback, what looks like for the season. The rest of the SEC does not look very good. There's still a scenario where if Tennessee improves, and obviously they're going to play better than they did against Georgia State. They're not going to play like that every single game, you would think. And at least Vegas thinks that also with your 6,000-minute analogy you put out there. But you could still possibly recover and have a decent season. I know that seems far-fetched for Tennessee fans or anyone in college football right now, but it's the truth. And it's how I'm sure the coaches and players will probably treat it as this week moves on was, hey, it was awful. It was a disaster. It's also one game. It was also the first game of the season. There's 11 of these left, and a lot of things can happen. A lot of things can happen around you. A lot of things can happen to you to where the season could improve. But certainly for Tennessee, there's, there's only one direction to go, and that's up uh, after that loss on Saturday. Good stuff, uh, as always. Appreciate uh, you coming on. We'll talk to you next week. That's uh, Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone. You can listen to him on 104.5 The Zone. Follow him there uh, on his Twitter feed at Withrow Zone. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.